Barrow. Good morning, everyone. Great to be with you this morning. Um, we're continuing on with our, uh, our series on mission today. Today's our third uh, week looking at missions. Today we're going to look at the missional church. Um, before I get to that, though, I just wanted to uh, share a little bit of personal news. Um, for those of you who don't know me, by the way, I'm Emily, and I'm one of the pastors uh, here. Um, so, so my news, it's, it's exciting news. Um, so 12 months ago, I met um, a pretty awesome guy. Um, called Kurt, and uh, some of you have met him, he's been around, but maybe um, different people have been like, who's that guy, I don't know. Um, anyway, so I- about the end of last year, or towards the end of last year, um, we um, got a little bit more serious, and, and, uh, and have been dating, and uh, well, if you haven't met him, or you don't know him yet, you'll probably get to know him, because uh, we got engaged last week, so... <laughs> So thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Super exciting. We're, yeah, we're obviously over the moon. <laughs> um, and yeah, looking forward um, to you guys getting to know him a little bit. He's here today. His mum's here. My mum's here. So it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, so yeah, be nice. Um, that's the most important thing. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, now the cat's out of the bag. Um, we, can, uh, we can move on and get into our, get into our uh, message for today. So, um, so like we said, we're in our sermon on, uh, on, on missions, in our series on missions, and we're talking about missional church today. And um, I just wanted to start with uh, a little bit of a story um, this morning that I think kind of encapsulates where, where we're going to go today. Um, some of you know, some of you may not know, I'm a big musical theatre fan. Um, I have zero talent in the area of musical theatre, but I am very enthusiastic about it. Um, and my favourite musical of all time is Les Miserables, Les Mis. Um, it's my favourite musical because uh, obviously the amazing music and the incredible story, but I love the themes of, uh, of redemption and transformation um, and that ultimately, even through a lot of pain and, and a lot of things not going well in the story, that ultimately God redeems all things at the end of the story um, and uh, even painful things. And um, I absolutely just love, love the story. If you don't know it, so the main character, his name is Jean Valjean. And um, his story is that he has spent nearly 20 years um, in prison um, because he stole a loaf of bread to feed his, uh, his starving nephew. Um, so he went to prison and then he tried to escape numerous times, so he was given more time. So he spent nearly 20 years in prison. And his time in prison, so this is in the French Revolution, um, so prison is very hard, a uh, very hard place. He, he, it's basically a forced labor camp. And so his time there has turned him into a very hardened man. Um, and he has lost all respect for the justice system. Um, he is, um, yeah, he's very, he's very hardened um, and, uh, and, and kind of living this really sad life. And by the time that he is released, um, he is sort of labelled a prisoner for life, so he has no chances. Nobody will take him in, nobody will give him a job, nobody will feed him even, um, and he has pretty much no, no uh, prospects. So he is bitter and he's angry and he has to turn to stealing just to survive. Uh, and then one night, um, Valjean meets uh, a priest who uh, invites him in uh, to the church to share what he has with Valjean. He offers him a warm bed and a warm meal that night. 
And uh, Valjean, being the hardened and bitter man that he has become, he sees this as his opportunity um, to actually take advantage of this kindness. And he, he, he steals the silver from the church and uh, runs away in the middle of the night. Um, and of course, he is found and he is arrested and he is brought back, hauled before the priest and, um, and is expected that the priest will, you know, yeah, this is the man, you know, who stole my silver, you know, send him back to prison. Um, but instead, the priest offers Valjean grace and mercy. And in fact, what he says is, oh, no, he didn't steal my silver. Um, I gave him my silver. And of course, Valjean is stunned and, and, and the guards, the police have to let him go. And, um, and he, he gets to walk away a free man. Um, and the priest says to Valjean, um, that what, what I have, what I, what I have, I'm giving, I'm going to share with you and take what I've given you to become an honest man. Um, and this moment is so transformative. This is just all in the first, like, little tiny, like, five minutes of the whole show. Um, but this, this moment is so transformative for Valjean that he does, he takes this gift that he's been given, this gift of mercy and this gift of kindness and grace, and his life is transformed. Um, and he goes on to bless and, and be a blessing to so many other people um, throughout the story. Um, but it all comes back, and it all traces back to this moment um, of kindness and this moment of grace and mercy that he experiences um, with the priest that changes his whole life um, through this blessing. So I love this story, and I love to talk about Lamia's, but I love this story because I think um, that it just so beautifully illustrates a really simple but profound truth um, about God's purpose for the church. And, and particularly at the moment, we're talking about missions. We talk, spoke a couple of weeks ago about how God is a missional God. Last week about how Jesus is missional, how he, his, his mission is part of that. And now we're talking about the church. And I think this story captures um, something really important about the, the missional purpose of the church, which is to be a blessing to others. This idea that we are blessed to be a blessing that God's great mission of reconciliation and redemption on earth is propelled forward through the church, sharing what we have and, uh, and blessing others because of the blessing that we've received, that God might use us, the church, to call people to himself. Blessed to be a blessing. It is a, a simple but profound truth. So uh, in, this, in this series... Uh, we're talking about uh, the God's mission in the world, and this is a concept known as the Missio Dei. Um, the Missio Dei, it, it simply means the mission of God. Um, it's this idea that God is at work in the world. It's a simple concept, I know, but that, uh, this idea that God is at work in the world and that God has been at work in humanity and in human history since the beginning of time to bring about uh, redemption and reconciliation of his creation. The Missio Dei, the mission of God, God is at work in our world. The mission of God is really important because it reminds us that the mission is God's. The mission is God's. The work of mission is ultimately God's and, and ultimately not the church's. In fact, God's mission um, has well and truly been in motion since long before the beginning of the church. It is God's mission. And so there's this idea that actually the church joins with God in his mission, which is already in progress and already been in progress. Um, Tim read out a poem last week, which I think captured that 
really, really well, that idea that we join with God in his mission. It's a theme as well that we see all throughout scripture, that God constantly invites his people into his great mission and to participate in it as they are willing to follow him and he will use them to bless others. Um, So we see this really, really clearly uh, in the nation of Israel, uh, right at the start when God calls to Abram and he makes Abram a promise. Um, The Lord, uh, this is in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you and I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Israel was chosen to be God's holy people, not just for the fun of it, not just because God likes to play favorites, but because this is part of his great mission, the Missio Dei, that through the nation of Israel, all other nations, all other people on earth would be blessed. So God wanted that part of the design of the nation of Israel is God wanted them to stand apart in the way that they lived and the way that they functioned as a nation so that other nations might be blessed by them and through them that they would come to see the one true God. So there's this idea, again, that Israel is blessed to be a blessing, that what they have been given, they have to share, Um, that this is part of God's mission to reconcile all people on earth to himself. And so Israel is invited to join God in his mission by being a witness of love and by blessing others. And so we see this same invitation extended to the church. The mission of God was to send Jesus, as we heard about last week, who who opened the way to the Father, to all people, to all tribes and all tongues. Um, And the mission of God is to establish his church, a group of people set apart in the way that we live, in the way that we function, a people blessed that we might be a blessing, that we might share what we have found, and ultimately in doing so, that we might point people towards the one true God, who is redeeming all things and reconciling all people to himself. This is his mission. Um, So we see this picture painted really clearly um, in the early church in Acts, so in Acts chapter 2, from verse 42, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So here is another, another beautiful picture of followers of God set apart in the way that they interact with each other and the way they interact with the world. Followers of God invited into this great mission of God to be a witness of love, to bless others. Um, and, and, And their witness, in fact, their witness of love was so compelling that their numbers increased daily, as the passage says. The great mission of God is to reconcile all things and all people to himself. God is at work in the world, and he invites his church 
to partake in that mission as well by being a witness of love and being a blessing to others. So this idea of the Missio Dei, the, the mission of God, is really important because it reminds us that it's God's mission, not ours. And he is at work whether we are or not. It reminds us that the church doesn't um, have its mission, the church joins in God's mission. It reminds us that the church doesn't have a missions department, rather the church is a missions department. It reminds us that the church doesn't just send missionaries, but rather the church is a missionary, the church is a witness to who God is. And it reminds us that the church is blessed. The church is set apart. The church is blessed in order to be a blessing. That what we have, we have to share. So that others might come to see and know the one true God. In John 13, um, Jesus is speaking to his followers, to his disciples, and he says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. By this, everyone will know who we follow, by the way that we love. The church's witness in the world must be marked by love because this is how everyone will know who we follow. This is our witness. God's great mission in his world is a mission of love. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. And we, the church, are invited to join in God's mission by being a witness of love and by being a blessing to others. So in this way, the church is called to be set apart. Just as Israel was set apart, a nation that was set apart, and the early church was a community that was set apart, the church is called to be set apart. The church is called to be a counterculture, or as uh, Leslie Newbegin says, a contrast community. A contrast community, as in there is a striking difference between the way that we live and interact um, with each other and the world. A people who are noticed because of our love and because of our kindness, because of our generosity and our grace that we are set apart because of our care. This is a witness of love. Blessed to be a blessing. In Matthew, we see Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, we see Jesus talk about this as well. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The mission of God is to reconcile humanity to himself. God is at work in the world and he invites his church to join him in his mission by being that contrast community, by being a blessed community that blesses others and by being a witness of love, that through our witness, they might see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. That because of our love, they would know 
that we follow Jesus. That because of the way we interact with the world, that there would be something that would draw them in and that they might be reconciled to God. The missional church joins in in God's mission by being a witness of love above all else. Blessed to be a blessing. And what we have, we have to share. Just says in that story of Jean Valjean, um, whose heart and life was changed forever through this encounter with this random priest, but through this encounter of love and grace and mercy that was so undeserved. And his whole life was changed. In the same way, may we, the church, interact with the world and interact with our community and the people around us in a way that is so full of love and grace and mercy that it is deeply compelling and transformative in our world. May our witness be one of love above all else and above all other things that God might use us in his great work of reconciliation. If we, can, um, if we can take a moment of honesty with ourselves this morning, I think we know, um, I think we are aware that the church in our world has not always been a witness of love above all else. Um, in fact, the church, uh, Universal, has, has actually really failed at this, probably more times than we can count. If we took a survey of the past 2,000 years of church history, of the whole time that the church has existed, um, there's probably a lot of black marks on that record, and, and, and we know that. We know that there are times where we've got it wrong, when our witness was definitely not one of love above all else. I think it's really important that we can acknowledge that. I think it's really important um, that, we, that we are aware of that. I know for me personally, this is one of my biggest questions. I think, of God, is <laughs> why choose us, the church, um, these broken people to be part of his great mission? Why not send, you know, the angels and the fire and, the, and these huge displays of sovereignty to complete his mission? Why send broken people to be a witness to broken people? This is a question I ask a lot, and, uh, and some days I really don't know that I have an answer. But I love the way... Um, Natasha Moore, from, she's from the Center of Public Christianity, and she wrote a book about church. Um, and I love the way um, that she sort of reflects on this tension that we have. Um, and she talks about how you wouldn't reject a whole beautiful piece of music just because somebody plays it really badly. If I came up here this morning with my recorder that I kept from grade two, and I tried to play you some Mozart for 10 minutes or so, um, well, you might be tempted to think, what a terrible piece of music, <laughs> um, when in fact, what a, what a genius piece of music, really, you know, and I just played it really, really badly. Well, Jesus wrote uh, an incredible piece of music, the likes of which was so groundbreaking, so transformative that it literally changed the world. Love your enemies, care um, for the sick and the ill among you, welcome the little children. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. And they'll know you by the way that you love. These concepts were so revolutionary at the time and still today. Jesus composed a brand new masterpiece of music that has never been, had never been heard before. 
And when Christians have played in tune with the one that they claim to follow, it has always been of great benefit to the world. The church is invited to play um, the music that Jesus wrote. Sometimes that piece of music has been played pretty badly. Sometimes the witness of the church has been one of division or violence or, or abuse rather than love. But that doesn't change the beauty of the melody that Jesus wrote. It doesn't change how revolutionary it can be, how life-changing it can be for somebody who encounters it. And when we play in tune with Jesus, when, we, when our witness is one of love above all else, it impacts the world in tremendous ways. In fact, the world has been so impacted by the way of Jesus um, that many people probably don't even realize how much Jesus has impacted um, the world. Just think of the work of people um, like William Wilberforce, Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King Jr., and many, many more. Think of the educational institutions and the healthcare institutions and the charities and the welfare institutions that all find their beginnings in somebody faithfully playing in tune with the music that Jesus wrote. Sometimes I find that I, uh, I really worry about the witness of the church in our world, and sometimes that weighs heavily on me. But then I remember that this is God's mission. It's his mission first, that God is at work, um, that this is his piece of music, it's his melody, and that it is beautiful and deeply compelling. And we are invited to play along with him. We are invited to be his witness of love, to be a blessing to those around us, that they might hear our tune, that they might see our good works, and that they would glorify our Father in heaven. So may we, the church, may we learn to play in tune with Jesus more and more. May love above all else be our witness. So as we consider today what it is to be the missional church and to be a church that joins with Jesus in his mission, to be a church that seeks to play in tune with the ways of Jesus in our community right here, there's just two things I quickly want to um, quickly want to highlight. And the first is that the missional church knows and engages with its context. The missional church is contextual. It knows the people around us. It is aware um, of, our, of, our, of our community and of our culture and, and what are the needs. And, and we're looking for where God is already at work because this is God's mission. So God is already at work. So how can we join him in what he is doing around us and in our community. The missional church doesn't necessarily have its own agenda, but rather it looks for where God is already at work and it joins in. And the second is that the missional church is incarnational, um, as in it leaves, it is prepared to leave the safety of its four walls and engage with real people in real places. Um, God is at work in the world, and the way of Jesus is our guide. And, and we know that the way of Jesus was to leave his place with the Father and enter our world um, and be amongst us and our mess. That's what incarnational means. 
Um, and, that, and so therefore, we need to be prepared to step into the real situations and the real life stuff with real people. Missional church is incarnational. So remember that God is at work, that we are invited to join him in his great mission by being a witness of love in our world, that we are blessed to be a blessing and to share what we have. And in doing so, may people that we interact with around us in our community here in Kalanga, here in Brisbane, may they see our witness of love and may they encounter the one true God and be reconciled to him. So I want to finish this morning just by going back to that passage that Laurel read out um, for us earlier. We might look at it again. So this is just after um, the resurrection. Jesus has just come back. The disciples are not in very good shape at this point. On the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together, the door, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So if you can imagine this situation taking place, there's a really powerful image here, I think. Because at the start of this little, little story, um, the disciples are held up in a room. They're, they've locked themselves inside a room and they are afraid. Um, it's, it's probably not a great picture. Jesus has died. Um, the one that they follow has died. And they think that people are after them as well. So if you were to just take a snapshot of this picture, you might, cap you might caption it, um, people least likely to start a new world religion. They are disempowered. They are afraid. They are literally hiding. But then Jesus comes. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. And what we see is that Jesus, through the Spirit, empowers these very scared men to go and to continue the work that he has started. And he invites them into this mission and he sends them onwards. And this group of very afraid, um, kind of, it's kind of a, a, a sad little picture, they, they transform into disciples we know who go and they literally start a new world religion. They start the church and everything changes. As we seek to join with God in his mission, may we remember that the mission is God's. That no matter how bleak the situation may appear, no matter how fearful or scared or discouraged we feel, God is at work in his world. And we are invited to join him in his mission. So may the Spirit empower us to become more like Jesus, to be a community that is marked by love. May we take what we've been given and bless others. May we share what we have and be a witness of love above all else. And as we do this, may God be glorified and may our world and our community take notice and ultimately be reconciled to God, for that is his great mission. 
Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you um, for who you are, that you are um, a God with a plan, that you have uh, this great mission uh, that, that began from the very beginning and continues to this day, and that, that that's your mission, God, that you are at work, whether we are or not, or whether we are getting it right or we're really not, God, you are at work. And we just find rest in that. But God, we also know that we are invited into your great work in the world. God, we just, um, we just hear that simple truth this morning, that what we have, we have to share, that we are blessed to be a blessing God, I pray that we um, here at Rivers um, Church of Christ, that we might be a witness of love above all else in our community. God, that we might um, know our community really well. That we might be amongst our community in a way that, uh, that we are just um, part of the fabric here, God. That what we have here at Rivers, that we would share with those around us, God that we would bless others, that our witness would be one of love above all else in our community. God, thank you that you empower your church. Uh, thank you that even when we feel um, discouraged or afraid or unsure how to proceed, like the picture of the, of the disciples held up in that room, Jesus, we know that you um, empower us. And Spirit, we just pray that you would empower us to be your witness of love for your great mission's sake. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.